Church Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode number 16. Number 16. So glad that you are all here today. Hey, listen, have you ever had a hard week? Just like a hard week. This week for me was a tough week. Um, I think, you know, a lot of what I was doing as I was sitting and and reflecting and kind of going throughout the day is just trying to check my heart. Like, where are you at? And like, what's going on inside of me? And a lot of times I can bring out a lot of really good stuff. uh, And a lot of times I can bring out some really hard stuff. So I I had some just hard stuff I had to work through this week. Just had to think through it, had to pray through it. You know, I had to face myself in the mirror. Isn't that the hardest thing to do in the whole world? Is like, you know, something's going on. The easy thing to do is just just cast blame everywhere, or it's your friends, or it's this, or it's that, or it's my spouse, or, or whatever, it's my work, whatever that is, that's just the easy thing to do. And I think uh, this week for me was one of those weeks where I was like, man, what is going on inside of my heart? And so I spent a lot of time uh, not cruising through a, a bunch of scripture this week, but really just sitting out there on the front porch and going, God, what am I doing? You know, daylight savings time, it's, it's the, the sun's coming up a little earlier. Um, so I've been getting up earlier. But just having to sit in that and just listen and, man, show me what is going on inside of me. Because I think if I'm not careful, I start heading down these really unhealthy paths, these unhealthy roads. And I don't want to do that. I really, really don't. So I hope you uh, had a good week. I hope it was a great week. But I know for a lot of you, it was hard. Like, it's a hard week. And I would just encourage you, as you're going through those hard weeks, those hard times, slow down slow down, start to ask those questions of why was it hard? What's going on here? And what can I do to really be honest with myself and with others around me? Uh, Probably 12 years ago, our family moved from Chicago, uh, Chicagoland area. So Patty and I, we graduated from Moody Bible Institute. I took my uh, first uh, position at a church as the junior high pastor, did that for a while. And then we moved from Chicago all the way to Arizona. So we moved to the Wild West, which Patty and I had said, like, listen, God, we'll move anywhere. We just don't want to move anywhere hot and especially not Arizona. And guess what happened? We moved to Arizona. So we moved to Arizona to help uh, start a church uh, with uh, with a guy and, and, and a crew of people that were moving from Chicago down into Arizona. So we we wanted to do that. So we moved into the we, we we we'd come down before we moved down. We we kind of looked around where we would buy a house, and it was just when the boom was starting to happen. Uh, and so we were kind of on the upside of that boom. And so we got our, we were looking around. Houses were pretty expensive at the time. And so we found this uh, neighborhood, this area called Maricopa. And Maricopa is literally like an oasis in the middle of the desert. It's crazy. You drive. 25 minutes, 20 minutes, like there's nothing on either side of the road. It's just desert and mountains. It's actually really beautiful, but it's all like Indian reserve on either side of this highway that goes for like 20 minutes before you get into this oasis in the middle of the desert, aka Maricopa. And that's where we moved. And we had the awesome opportunity of building a house there. And we experienced something really cool. One of the things was 
everybody moved in around the same time. So we're, it was a brand new subdivision. We built our home. And so people would just, you know, move in house by house. So there were no like clicks. There were no, uh, you know, uh, friend groups that were already established. Everyone was figuring it out at the same time. And what we found was that was a really beautiful thing. It allowed us to really figure out what it means to be a neighbor. In fact, we still know a lot of the neighbors that we moved in with at that time. Our kids are growing up. They're off to college. It's kind of crazy, but we moved into this neighborhood together. And it was the first time I would say Patty and I felt like neighbors. We felt loved by our neighbors. We felt seen by our neighbors. And we felt like we were doing the same thing for them. We felt like they felt known. We were all different. You know, we we were all came from different backgrounds, a lot of us different religious associations, all of us were different, but we just found this really unique camaraderie of going like, look, we're all trying to figure this out. We're all trying to figure out what it means to move into a new place and figure out where we are and what we're to do. And it created for our family some really amazing memories and some amazing times. I mean, we would do Halloween together as a neighborhood, getting in someone's like driveway. And that tradition we still carry on here today. And uh, we just loved each other, cared for each other. And it was a, I think those were, if Patty and I look back, those are some of the happiest days of our lives, you know, just experiencing that that time of being a neighbor together. And so as I was thinking about this passage, it popped that into my mind of going like, wow, those were such great times because we were really intentional about what it meant to move into a neighborhood that meant something. It was valuable. And so the verses John 1, verse 14, and it says this, and this is in the message translation because I just love uh, his Eugene Peterson, uh, his translation of this passage. And it, and it says this, the word became flesh and blood. Jesus became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one of a kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. So, this passage popped into my head. Uh, we launched a campus uh, at our church. We launched a campus in Fontana. I'm um, the campus pastor out there. And so I've been trying to really think through what it means to be uh, a neighbor. What does it mean to move into the neighborhood? And, I, and this passage popped in and I started thinking through this word, uh, the theological word incarnation. That's literally what this passage is talking about. God, uh, God of all the universe came down to us and dwelt among us. He moved into the neighborhood. The word dwelt is like this idea of he set up a tent. He set up a tent in the, the theological word around that is incarnation. And so I started thinking about incarnation. What is that? What is that all about? Why is that important for me? And uh, I think it's this. I think it's so much more than seeing. It's being. Incarnational isn't just seeing. God didn't just see us. He came to be one of us. It's about being. And I think we are hardwired for just seeing. Look, I can see that happening. I can see that person over there. I can see my coworkers. I can see my friends at school. I can see my, you know, friends or whatever, right? We're good at seeing, but what does it actually mean to be with them? 
to actually incarnate, to be a part of them, with them. You know, it, it, it's kind of like this. I think so often it's like driving through a neighborhood. So in our example, it's like driving through Maricopa. I can see Maricopa, but I haven't incarnated Maricopa, right? I, I like to look through. I like to see what the neighborhood looks like, but I'm not going to move in, right? I'm not going to engage in, at that level. I'm just, I can kind of see it. And seeing it in some way makes you feel like you're participating, like you're a part of it. But that's not incarnation. And that's not what Jesus did. That's not how he lived. That's not how, how God came to us. Um, this isn't window shopping. You know, do you know that window shopping feeling? You can look like you're shopping. Um, but in reality, like, no, that's 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 not really shopping. You're just looking and you 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 feel like, wow, that's really cool. Like I might want that, but you're not going in the store, right? It's I think it's feeling what fe- people feel. It's so much deeper than just looking. It's actually becoming and being with people. It's feeling what people feel. It's seeing what people see. It's meeting um, the needs of the people and meeting with them. Um, and the people that are right in, in front of you, uh, right? People that are, are there with you day in and day out. Think about how magnificent that is. Think how purpose-filled that is. You're, you're just not this uh, flesh and bones here on planet Earth, you know, where you come and you go. That you have intrinsic value, not just in your own life, but in the lives of other people by incarnating the different areas that you've been called to and to be in, you know? So the question is like this, like, how do we incarnate the places that God has placed us in? Like, how do we actually do that? You know, what does it mean to not just run through the office day in and day out and, and just that's routine. That's normal. What does it actually mean to stop and be with people? You know, when somebody, you can tell that they're, I had a, a friend this week that they just stopped me and they said, you look like you're kind of down. And I was like, oh man, is it, is it like displaying on my face? And they're like, yeah. And they stopped and they said, can we, you want to talk real quick? And I was like, sure. And they, they stopped with me and they talked with me. I just felt so seen. I felt so loved. That's incarnation. Incarnation is not going, they look down, man, I've got that project I got to get to. No, incarnation is being present with people the way that Jesus was present with people, the way that he was present with all of us. And I think that incarnation gives us incredible amounts of purpose. Like as we go into this world, that it's so much bigger than just us, our desires, our plans. It's about people. And it's about doing what God did for us. He sent his son Jesus to be with us. And we're called to be with people, not just seeing them, but actually being with them. That's like that whole idea of um, um, bear each other's burdens, right? Bear each other's burdens. Have you ever gone through something really, really difficult? And what you would have loved more than anything else is for somebody just to be right there with you saying to you, hey, listen, I'm not going away. I'm not going away. A guy that uh, has become a good friend of mine at work, his name is David Anderson. And and I was going through a really hard time in in September, just moved into a new facility. I had some staff people that were in some transition and it was just a hard week. And he sent me a text and he's like, hey man, I want you to know I see you and you're not alone and we're not going to let you fail. We're going to allow, and I, 
I just, I, I mean, it actually brought me to tears because I thought, wow, they, he sees me. They, they see that, it, you know, and I'm, I'm not good at that. I'm like, I'm like, come on, get after it. I got this. I can do it on my own. And I, it just made me pause. Like, wow, he saw me. He saw me in my hurt. He saw me in my pain. He saw me in, um, in my confusion. And it was like, no, I, I got you. And because incarnation is this, it gives us an opportunity to be obedient, to follow after Jesus's example. Isn't that great news? Like, you're like, I just want to be like Jesus. Okay, then be incarnational in the way you live your life. Right, become set up tent in people's lives. Set up tent uh, in, in their in in their their hard times and their good times. Be present. But I think that the mantra I hear so often is, "Oh gosh, I'm just so busy. Oh, I'm just I'm just I'm so busy. Oh gosh, I'm so busy." Like I say that all the time, and I'm like, "Why do I keep living my life this way?" I don't. But here's the thing: God of the universe moves into the neighborhood, flesh and blood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, one of a kind glory, like father, like son, generous and inside and out, true from start to finish. Jesus moves into the neighborhood on our behalf. So what does it look like for us to do that with other people, right? Like what does it look like to think about incarnational work, right? That you're not just working for a paycheck, right? You're working to incarnate the place that God has called you and to change that place that that place would be better as a result of you not just seeing that place, but being in that place. What about incarnational parenting? What would it look like for you to go, you're not just raising kids, right? You're, you know, you're, you, are, you are absolutely being a part of their next story. And so what you do matters. How you are with them matters. Are we so checked out as parents that, that we're missing this? How about incarnational dating? Uh-oh. <laughs> incarnational dating. You're not just with this person to get married or to get filled up. No, no, no. It doesn't matter if even if you guys stay together, you're there to display Jesus to them. Like what if as a result of them dating you, they and you guys break up, they go to somebody else and go, I dated this person that just felt like Jesus to me. And I got to go look for somebody who loves Jesus like that. How amazing. Incarnational marriages. Like it's not just about procreating or falling in love. This is about, no, being a gospel presentation to the world by the way you love each other and display how Jesus has loved you with one another. It's being present with one another. Not always being ticked off at one another, right? It's being present with one another. And if we look to Jesus, this is what we find. Incarnational living cost him his life because he realized his mission this was to help us be made right with God the Father. So incarnational living, incarnational work and parenting and dating and marriage will always cost you something. It will always cost you something. And I think that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Incarnation is an invitation to truly be like Jesus. Wow. Incarnation is an invitation to truly be like Jesus. So how could you and I live incarnationally wherever God has placed us? How, how could we do that? 
You know, maybe that's the question you need to work through today. I need to work through today. How could we do that better and better and better? Because it will reframe the way we live our lives. It's not about us. It's about God and it's about other people. And incarnation isn't about yourself. It's about others. And I think that's a beautiful thing. So how could you live incarnational wherever God has placed you um, today? So may we be present with others as Heavenly Father, you are present with us. So take a breath, reflect, and believe that the God of the universe is nearer to you than your own heart. Till next time, cheers. Cheers.